what's going on, guys. Thanks for stopping by and listening to this episode of Rideshare Tactics. I am Aaron Everly, and I'm coming at you from Lake Stevens, Washington, in my premium podcasting studio. This is episode two. So hold on. I got a lot to report on. There's a lot going on. There's a lot you should be aware of. So let's get to it. It's ride time, baby. I sort of thought that was catchy. So uh, I'm not sure if it is or not, but let me know. Let's get it. I was I don't know if I should go with that one or not either. So anyways, let's get this thing started. Share tactics. There's a lot to talk about, and I'm going to share this with you. We're going to talk about a few things, some things that I found out over the past month and I still think are relevant. First thing in the headlines, some delivery apps out there are pocketing your tips. Also, we're going to get into drivers artificially creating surge prices. Not cool, but I understand. We're also going to get into open safety recalls on cars. So there are some drivers out there driving cars with recalls on them. Who's liable? Is the driver liable? And should customers be aware? I think they should be before stepping foot inside a rideshare car. Then we're going to get into a dirty rideshare cars. Super important. There's a lot of people Stepping into some dirty cars, there's a lot of drivers driving dirty cars and not even aware of it. This could cause some serious health issues for quite a few people, Um, especially those people who also deliver food items. You might want to check this one out. And next, we're going to get into the pine-scented battle. You know those little trees that people hang from their dash? Yeah, those things are not so popular um, with some riders. And, you know, I feel like this, uh, they're justified um, not to like them. Also, we're going to talk about the creep of the week. Got two creeps out there. Thank goodness they're behind bars. They're off the streets. They're out of their cars, hopefully for a real long time. Also, we got a few awesome riders out there that I want to report on. I love, I love, love, love it whenever I can connect with people. And I just want to let you guys know how we connected. It's pretty fun. Also, I'm going to get into the product of the week. I think you need to hear this one. And the one and only tip of the week. Get those five stars. That's right. Get those five stars with the tip of the week. It's coming up hot. It's coming up hot. So let's get it. Rideshare Tactics, episode two, baby. So 
getting into the news. This first one comes from Box. And Box is saying delivery apps are pocketing tips. Companies like DoorDash, Instacart, and Amazon Flex, rest in peace, are accused of tip theft. That's right. For most companies, tips are allegedly acting as profits. And if that doesn't make any sense, we're going to get into it pretty soon. There are approximately 57 million gig economy workers, and most are being exploited without even having any knowledge of it. Remember, most of these gig workers don't even get health or dental insurance or workers' comp. Most can't afford time off for vehicle maintenance. Also, I'd like to add, not all deliveries pay for showing up. A delivery driver will show up for a request and the food not be ready, so they have to wait longer. Um, Usually most cancel out if they don't they don't want to wait over 15 minutes so they just um, decline the pickup and they don't get paid for it they don't get paid for the time or money spent driving to these locations if the order's not ready or if it's canceled um, it's a broken system for sure many drivers including myself have wasted fuel and time accepting some delivery requests that don't follow through um, and I'm, I'm surprised that most of these companies haven't done a better job taking care of drivers who have wasted fuel and time to pick up or, an order that doesn't go through. So, all right, if you're a delivery driver, understand this. For example, if DoorDash promises, and I work with DoorDash, and I'm just saying I don't deliver with them anymore because um, – because of this. If DoorDash promises a minimum of $10 for delivery and the customer tips 5 the dasher gets 10 <laughs> Okay? So they don't get 15 they get 10 So DoorDash only pays them 5 and the tip fills in the other 5 to give you 10 DoorDash profits that 5 they only promise the dasher a certain amount and sometimes a significant bonus during peak times, which are great, but it's misleading and, in my opinion, not ethical. Granted, DoorDash is one of the best paying delivery companies out there, and it's true. Um, I earned quite a bit, but then I wonder like, how much more I could have earned. Um, I've earned a buttload. <laughs> I've earned a buttload with them, for sure. Uh, more than Uber or um, Postmates. So that's why I was delivering with them. But I don't do it just because of this, this, uh, this tip, quote-unquote, theft. More, more pressure should be put on these companies to stop these deceptive practices. How do you do this for the drivers and customers? Contact your local politicians and demand fair practice by these companies. Um, nothing's going to happen without activity from riders and, and uh, customers. I mean, if you're a customer, I'd be pissed off if I was a customer. And I'm like, man, hell, hell yeah, that, that guy's delivery was spot on. It was, my food's still warm. He didn't drink my drink. It's a really good delivery guy. I'm going to tip his ass $10. 
He doesn't get that $10. <laughs> he only gets the price he's promised. So if, if, if your customer was using this service and, and you're tipping, um, it's, it's definitely uh, slightly unethical. A little bit. It's, there's, you're, on, you're, bored, you're on the edge of unethical. Companies are on the edge of unethical with this practice. Um, definitely, you should get in, get a hold of your local politicians and uh, and um, demand fair practice by these companies if they want to operate in your city. All right, organize on social media. There's uh, there's some organization going on, um, not enough. Yeah, and overwhelm these companies that choose to exploit people instead of them being ethical and customers to tip in cash. If you're a customer of this company, tip in cash. It's the best. It's the uh, most preferred way of uh, tipping. If you tip through the app, you may not see it. Everything, everything's done digitally. Mistakes happen. So uh, always tip in cash. I know I tip in cash when I order. Because I know, I know sometimes um, I'd have to be calling these companies back and say, hey, what happened to my tip? And uh, then they see it. Anyways, there are 57 million of us, okay? 57 million, our numbers are there. And we have a lot of potential power um, before this thing gets even before this thing gets even bigger. Sorry, I am swirling my Cabernet Sauvignon. I think that's how you say it. Um, supposedly, that's what professional wine tasters do. Anyways, there are 57 million of us. Our numbers are there. Um, we have so much power. We just need to organize and that will make all of the difference. Moving on. So next in the news, drivers are art. This blows my mind. But this comes from NBC and Inc. Drivers are artificially creating surge prices. How crazy is that? I didn't even know this. And I've been driving for two years. I've been out of the loop. I need to start talking to people. I need to start finding these, these uh, secret communities um, that that know what's going on. I want to be a part of this, folks. So if you know of a community that has these secrets, let me know. I want to know. I want to, I want to see what's going on. I want to see the, the underground part of ride sharing. That's everything. I want to see it all. All right? So anyways, drivers are artificially creating surge prices. Let's talk about this. First of all, I don't agree with tactics used punish customers, okay? Um, however, I only agree with tactics that disrupt companies who deploy deceptive practices. Don't, I, I wouldn't participate, um, but can you really blame them? Can you really blame these, uh, these, this community of, of drivers trying to trying to survive. You really can't can't get upset. Um, I think uh, companies are going to have to um, 
working a little bit harder on looking out for the drivers. Anyways, this is a customer service industry first and driver industry second. Both should be taken care of. Over the past two and a half years, except for one instance, I'm proud to say that I've been taken care of. I love Uber. I love Lyft. I've been taken care of. However, it is disheartening to see other drivers struggling, and I can totally understand. Um, car maintenance is expensive. Some riders create costs for drivers. Um, yeah, totally understand. Uh, oversupply of drivers, lower fares, and incentive structure that ignores necessity have led to drivers organizing and finding ways to level the tech-dominated playing field. You know, we adapt. That's what we do, especially if you're struggling. You can, ima- you can only imagine like the uh, survival skills um, of people who are trying to survive. It has been reported that rideshare drivers in D.C. and other large cities have figured out a way to manipulate rideshare algorithms to create an artificial surge. As most seasoned drivers and riders know, surge occurs when demand for rides exceeds supply. It's that simple. Um, I've definitely seen that a few times, like at the airport, um, and now it totally makes sense. What these networks of drivers do is that several times a night or day, simultaneously, turn off the request apps for a few minutes to trick the app into thinking there are no drivers available leading up to a surge. The network of drivers wait to lock into the higher fare, and then bam, that's when they turn their apps back on. App companies describe these actions as fraudulent behavior that violates community guidelines. Can you really, again, can you really blame the drivers who are, who are just trying to maintain a living, right? Can you really blame them? Sure. Again, I would never participate. I have a different moral code. However, I cannot condemn their actions. Again, understanding that these companies take a significant amount um, of money and drivers are working longer without significant benefits – I mean, it's going to happen. These rideshare companies, look, these rideshare companies have been a blessing. I love them. Again, they have given people who would not have work opportunities anywhere else access to opportunity and employment at their doorsteps. I just believe Uber, Lyft, and the lots have an ethical responsibility to take care of Specifically, the drivers who have carried them for so long into their IPO status, and, and that's another thing. I had a driver, I had a rider, um, who talked about this, uh, and, I, and I'll get into that. It was really fascinating subject about his thoughts on the evil Uber, and you know, we didn't get into Lyft because we we're using Uber at the time. Anyways, drivers artificially creating search prices your customer be aware of this especially at the airport there's a there's usually a buttload 
of drivers waiting at the airport. There is not ever an empty airport queue at the airport. So if you see a surge at the airport, go ahead and ride along, but be suspicious. Moving on. Yeah, there's uh, there's a lot of drivers, not a lot, I'd say a handful of drivers out there with open safety recalls on their cars. This is coming from Consumer Reports, okay? The Consumer Reports review found one in six Uber and Lyft cars in New York and King County have open safety recalls. Not reviewed other smaller rideshare services or delivery services. Okay, keep that in mind. This is just with Uber and Lyft cars, not your delivery services or lower or smaller rideshare companies. Unfixed recalls could put passengers or surrounding drivers at risk and pose a safety concern. It's true. It's true. Your car could die. All right. Your car could die or you could cause a backup uh, on the road or some kind of crazy shit, man. It, it can happen. Uh, it's unfixed recalls. Anyways, significant recalls include Takata airbags that have been linked to 24 deaths worldwide. Keep in mind, worldwide. Um, the percentage is small, but it's still talking about 24 deaths. And what if it doesn't kill you? It could seriously in- injure you. So there's that. There are also unfixed defects that could lead to an engine catching fire. Sounds like fun. Or an engine losing power entirely, which increases the risk of a crash. Uber and Lyft will block vehicles with the most severe recall issue, but they leave responsibility with the drivers to fix recalls. All right. Personally, I believe rideshare companies should block all drivers who have recall cars until they fix them or make an appointment. Boom. Fix it or get off the the platform, buddy. Uh, yeah, the, those are two great options. Um, I, yeah, I don't know who 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 the response. If somebody dies or if an accident occur, occurs, um, it totally is going to be the car owner's responsibility. Though I feel like um, it's also Uber and Lyft's responsibility if they don't keep the drivers from driving a car that has an open recall on it. Um, that's the questions the you drivers out there need to be asking. Are you willing to risk a lawsuit driving a car that has an open recall that could possibly hurt somebody? And if it hurts somebody, um, are you are you ready for um, the problems that that may come come at you, um, financial or legal, right? So it's it's a, it's a question. Whose responsibility with is it uh, with Uber and Lyft, the rideshare companies, or is it with the drivers? I think it's with the drivers. Ultimately, yeah, it's uh, it's the responsibility of the driver to maintain the car and ensure safe and efficient transportation. So if death does result during a ride, which the recall was not fixed, all liability might lie in the car owner, or maybe not. 
I don't fact check, just like my man Michael Rappaport. I love that. I don't fact check this stuff. There's no time to be digging through this stuff. I don't know. I don't know legal jargon. All I know is that if it's your car and you have a problem with it and your car hurts somebody, look, it's your fault. Sorry. It should be on that. Anyway, to avoid potential liability, it's probably a good idea to get your shit fixed. All right? Simple. It's not simple, but it's probably a good idea. And it won't take that long. To see if your car or driver have any recalls, you can visit My Carfax and type in the license plate number. If you're a rider, just type in the license plate number of the vehicle. There you can see if your ride is good or not good. And that's all for that, to get your car fixed. And riders, if you care about your safety, check the license plate while you're waiting. All right, moving on. Dirty rideshare cars and bacteria. That's right. This is coming from the Chicago Sun-Times. Um, yeah, the cars that you're riding in, especially if it's a full-time driver, it's probably dirty. So, you know, if you want to get on your driver, it's probably best to ask your driver, um, hey, when was the last time you cleaned it? If it looks dirty. If it's, if it's dirty, you're screwed, man. You got like a billion bacteria on you. There's no getting out of that. So you could always end the trip early, but still, if you're a driver, be ready for it. Be ready to be asked that question, when did you clean this car last? All right? You got to stay on top of it. You got to keep your car clean. I know it takes, it takes a long time, like 20 minutes to clean your car. Me, I clean my car once a week. All right? I'm, I'm going to be honest. I vacuum, and then I clean it once a week. All right? Bacteria is going to happen. I'm giving people rides to airports and from airports. Um, I don't know. I don't know what I got on the seats, but I make sure that um, I'm wiping them down and I'm vacuuming. All right? I do my best. Um, so if you're not cleaning your car at least once a week, man, uh, you, need, you need to start doing that. People's health um, could be at risk. Anyways, here's what this article said. Backseat passengers and rideshare vehicles face germs and safety risks. Experts at the insurance car company, NetQuote, did the study and are saying that these cars are dirtier than a toilet. That's what they said. It's believed that the average rideshare vehicle has about 219 times as many germs as the average taxi. Not 10 times, not 100 times, 219 times. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's dirty. Can't be eating the pizza off that. I see a lot of rideshare drivers and their cars eating lunch. Are you going to eat lunch in the back of your car knowing there's 219 times many more germs on your seats? Huh? Think about that. It could explain that dysentery. It could be, it could explain why you're not feeling so great. This article goes on to say it's nearly three times germier than the average toothbrush holder. And more than three, push, holy crap, 35,000 times more germier than a toilet seat. 
35,000 times germier than the toilet seat. That's really dirty. Most germs on these vehicles are on the window buttons. Clean the window buttons, guys. Seat belts, that's pretty, that makes sense. And on door handles, uh, but less on door handles, which is crazy because everybody touches door handles. And then, but then again, everybody touches the, uh, the armrest and the uh, window buttons. So The study wasn't scientific at all, considering they only tested three vehicles. They need to test more, but three makes three vehicles. I mean, it's saying a lot. Three vehicles, three taxis, and three rental cars. All right? Though one really doesn't need a scientific study to know that cars that share seats with thousands of people will be crawling with bacteria. Uh, I'm sure most drivers don't even clean weekly. So imagine the growth on those drivers' seats. Like, dude, you're probably not even cleaning your own seat. Probably cleaning the back seats more than your own seat. Imagine all the bacteria from all the farting you probably do on your driver's seat. It's time to scrub it down. Okay, however, there are good drivers out there that will sanitize on a regular basis, which is good. I average, for my rides, I average three to four sweaty asses out of the 25-plus sweaty asses out of the 20-plus asses um, that I that I give daily. And I know for sure there's bacteria civilizations forming on that backseat. That's why I don't eat back there anymore. In fact, I've completely stopped eating in the car. I now eat outside the car. Screw that noise. That car is a mess. Worse than the toilet seat. I'm not eating in that car. I'm not going to even chew gum in the car. Next time you eat in your car, think about it. Think about what's crawling around, rideshare drivers. Of course, cleaning every day is impractical. But touching up or dusting is not. It all can be done at the beginning of the day. And if not, it can be done at the end or midway for a total of one minute. You're good. One minute, boom. Sweep, dust, boom. One minute, you're good. The best habits and cleaner rides start with a 10-second dash dusting, 10-second seat dusting, 10-second mat dusting, finishing it off with a five-second spritz of seasonal air fabric refresher. Toss the hand sanitizer around visible location for the passenger and voila clean fuck the food snacks in the car like in the, all these rideshare drivers that, that provide snacks and food in the car your, 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 your riders hands are touching these dirty ass seats alright enough with the food enough with the amenities okay if they find out about this and, and they find out that you're serving them food they're going to think you're, you're going to get them if you get them sick what happens what happens if they come back and like hey I got dysentery because of this rideshare driver giving me food in a dirty ass car. They come back with like swabs and send that shit off to uh, the Center for Disease Control. You're screwed. Lawsuits. You're done. Not driving anymore. Think about this stuff. I know it's a little bit extreme, but you're providing food in a dirty car. You might have a problem. So, fuck the amenities, guys. That's what I'm saying. That's why I don't even have amenities. All I got is like water bottles that I, that I get from my dentist. 
they don't know, but, you know, that's where I get, they got a free water bottle. Anyway, some sanitation solutions coming to the market may be antibacterial seating, something you might see in the gym. Also, that AutoNation is partnering with Clorox to introduce a sanitizing system dubbed Precision Care. But always remember, sanitizing wipes always work. And most grocery stores have them for free availability. You know, the sanitation wipes next to the the grocery carts. Oh, look at that. Boom. You're welcome, guys. Free tip. Free wipes. Grab a few on your lunch break. Wipe down the car. Wipe down your seats. Wipe down everything. Boom. Wipe down the seat belts with these free wipes. They give free wipes at the grocery stores and targets and whatnot. So, there you go. So, that's a free hack right there. You're welcome. Moving on. This Cabernet Sauvignon. So good. So good. But I'm feeling a little bit tipsy. Starting to get there. Final news article. This is coming from The Atlantic. Guys, this is important. I'm sure you're listening. This is the important one. Okay, guys. Next, this one's coming from The Atlantic. And it's, it's, it's extremely important, so listen up. There's a pine-scented battle occurring as I speak. It involves those little trees you see, usually hanging from the rearview mirror in cars around the world. People love hanging these things from their rearview mirror. I don't, know, I don't get it. Famous, these scents are famous. Popular scents such as black ice, vanilla aroma, and royal pine. Who who's gonna hang royal pine from their? their I don't get it. It's like pine saw. Who wants to smell pine saw in their car? Anyways, they have come. They the the report says they have come under scrutiny as more and more riders have been exposed to drivers who are hyper devoted to having a good smelling interior, but passengers are not welcoming the effort put forward by these drivers. In fact. It's had an opposite effect and is now being called Uber Stink, made popular by Casey Neistat. Riders have reported that these little trees, sometimes bundled in fours or fives throughout the vehicle, have caused sickness or mental illness to the point of puking or aggravating migraines. They are also picturing and posting on social media pictures and comments about an extreme usage of these little trees by drivers. I'm sure in a passive-aggressive way. And this is what I don't get. I, I, I'd be willing to bet none of these people posting on social media mentioned this to their drivers. That's what they do. The majority of people's complaints, not all, you have those people who will just get to the point and tell you um, what bothers them, but I guarantee you, a lot of these people posting images of these drivers cars and their little trees are not even saying anything to the driver. They're just like reviewing one star, four stars, didn't like the smell. Sorry. Now all you got to do as a rider is just talk to your driver. Tell him not to be butt, tell him or her not to be butt hurt. But look, man, I don't like your, I don't like your car smell. I don't like your, your perfumes. All right. So open a window, take that little tree down, put it in your dashboard, something, man. But I don't want to. I don't want to smell it. I don't like it. Just tell your driver that. Uh, they'll be fine. Don't tell them not to get butt hurt first. 
Anyways, when it comes down to it, all drivers are trying to do is just give the rider a good experience. Really, that's all they want to do. They don't want to, they don't want their car stinking. They're just thinking about the, the 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 rider. The problem is that most drivers are not socially aware. Riders really can't get upset at the driver. They're not. There's a lot of these drivers are just not socially aware, man. They're they're awkward. Uh, they haven't had a lot of social experience, especially in the U.S. Um, they do things differently, right? So just, just help them out. Create that awareness in their life. Think about your first date, okay? Think about your first date or your first date as an adult with your first apartment. People overdo it. You've probably overdone it with the smell. These guys, there's a lot of guys and girls that don't know. There are people out there with low social finesse or just lack sensitivity. People learn these things through trial and error. If more riders would inform these people and have a conversation with them, the little trees would be less of an issue. I really shouldn't be, it really shouldn't be an issue. But simple solutions for drivers would be not using the trees in the first place. Those are reserved. These little trees are reserved for uh, personal taste and effect. All right? It means like your own car, not one that you're going to use for work or ride share. All right? These, those little trees are for your yourself or taking somebody on a date. You know, it's like a family car. I feel you drivers should focus on seasonal scents and utilize fabric sprays. Okay? Never use food... Or seasoning scents. Uh, something floral is, is best. Remember, floral to relax and fruits to uplift. Subtly spray your carpets. Never too much. Don't make it obvious you're trying to cover some smells. And that's all these little trees do. Is they, they make it obvious you're hiding something, man. What are you hiding? What, what are you hiding? What are you, you hiding some... Did you just fart? You hiding some socks? Huh? You hiding your gym bag smell? Dude, make it as at least obvious as possible. Also, I feel a solution for this would be a that Uber and Lyft should have a smell option for drivers so they can if they do get a bad review and it, and it is about smell um, they could totally change their smell or they can uh, adjust or f- and find the best scent for their market. So if there's a little uh, ride review option in there and it said smell, um, if their smell was an issue, then I think um, that would be part of the solution as well. I'm only here to give solutions, all right? And I, and I believe that would help a lot of people, a lot of people. Finally, riders need to be more vocal and drivers less butthurt. Like I said, communication is king. Moving on.
right now. It is time for the creep of the week. Yes, the creep of the week. There are a lot of creeps out there. And these two, these few individuals have made the cut for the creep of the week. So let's get into it. <laughs> this comes from Industry News. A professor by day, creepy driver by night. All right, a Penn State professor moonlighting as an Uber driver has been charged in a second kidnapping case. What? Assistant professor for Penn State. An assistant professor for Penn State, Richard Lamodi, who is 36, was charged with kidnapping, unlawful restraint, assault, and reckless endangerment after he allegedly tried to hold some lady Uber customers against their will, not once, but two times. This dude tried to kidnap someone on the same night. A 36-year-old assistant professor. Who, what? The first woman, and this, is, this gets crazy, the first woman who was not using the Uber app. So this lady was just hanging out in the corner and not using the Uber app, saw uh, Richard Lamodi driving around waiting for a ride request. She, she flagged him down and was like, hey, I'm going to give you $10 for a ride. How's that sound? He was like, sure, yeah. Mm, you're looking good. Get in the car. She proceeded to sit in the front seat out of all the places. You're doing stuff off the grid. And then you sit in the, you sit in the front seat. Anyway, she sat in the front seat. And during the ride, Lamodi allegedly grabbed her wrist and asked about her relationship status. Can you imagine that? What's your relationship status? It's so weird. He then attempted to lock her in the car after she rejected him. But she kept unlocking the door. They began to fight, which resulted in her shirt being ripped. As the struggle persisted, the lady eventually opened the door while the car was in motion and jumped out. The fuck is this, man? This shit is real, man. He was, he was gonna do something crazy to that lady, and that crazy that lady was her really her own fault for doing this shit off the grid. You don't fucking order a car or flag down a random Uber car off the grid, man. You don't. So that very same night, the determined and unrelenting Lamodi, feeding into his perpetual desire for companionship got another opportunity to pounce on his prey when he received an, a legitimate Uber request this time. This time, two women, one of which reported to police that she saw a female running down the street with torn clothing, limping, and appearing to be in distress. Okay, so you're ordering a car. The car is coming from one direction, and the, and the female with the ripped clothes is is running in the, in the same direction, away from the car. You don't, you don't do anything? You couldn't have stopped to ask her if she's okay? <laughs> what the, what's going on? It's just totally suspicious. So anyways, they hailed Lamodi for a ride through the Uber app. And during the ride, he allegedly ignored the GPS directions and said to the unsuspecting ladies that, he wanted to get with them. He pulled the car over and locked the doors and looked at them, sweating, allegedly. 
The two women managed to get away and report the incident to police. He was caught, and he's in jail. One less creep on the roads, folks. Mr. Lamodi, this is nuts. All right, two things. How stupid do you have to be to be pulling some shit like this? All right, as a 36-year-old professor, you're moving your you're moving on your way. You're moving your way up. You're an assistant professor. What are you doing pulling some stupid shit like this? He's a technology professor, and he didn't know that Uber tracks your rides. Um, I don't get it, man. How come the two women didn't even try to help the first victim when they saw her running half-nude down the street? Makes no sense. There's uh, there's more to the story. Um, but definitely, Mr. Lamodi, congratulations on being the Creep of the Week. Next, this story is coming out of Virginia. Um, a Somali war criminal. This is coming from CNN. A Somali war criminal was a rideshare driver. How does that even happen? There is an alleged Somali war criminal living in the United States since 1996. And he was an Uber and Lyft driver. How the fuck does that happen? It sounds, it sounds very CIA suspicious to me. First of all, for legal purposes, he has been accused of certain crimes. And he is innocent until proven guilty, which he should be. But Colonel Yusuf Abdi Ali, a.k.a. Tuke, was accused in civil court of torturing a man then a teen in 1988 Somalia. How did, dude, could you imagine being a rideshare driver and then one of the guys you tortured requested a rideshare with you? Like, what kind of fucking PTSD bullshit would that be? You know? Nuts. Yusuf Abdi Ali was accused of using the torture technique called the MIG, in which they, this is what CNN reports, in which they tied the hands and feet of the victim behind his back in a painful position that resembled the shape of a fucking Somali Air Force's MiG aircraft. The lawsuit says Ali was present during the torture. The victim said Ali also shot him and tried to extrajudiciously kill him. But the jury rejected that. They didn't think so. When it was all said and done, the plaintiff won the case and was awarded $500,000. However, it is presumed that Ali cannot pay because he lost his job as a rideshare driver ever since being outed as a war criminal. You're done, man. Even being a suspect war criminal, people remember you, man. You're to out there torturing people, and they live to survive. They survive. They live to tell the story about it. You're done. Don't be trying to do social things. You need to hide. Alright? Don't be trying to be an Uber driver. This is crazy. Lyft and Uber... Okay, first of all. Lyft and Uber both deactivated his, his accounts. And he is no longer able to drive. Okay? As he really should not be able to drive as a alleged war criminal. Especially being um, proven in court now. Lyft and Uber both deactivated his accounts. And he is no longer able to drive. Which is great. His status on the Uber platform was a diamond, was a pro diamond, with a driver rating of 4.89. 4.89. This guy was rated, and I just want to let people know in riders know in Virginia that you have 
poor judgment of character. How the fuck was he able to drive on these platforms, and how was it that he granted U.S. citizenship? How was he granted U.S. citizenship as an alleged war criminal? How does that happen? Like I said, CIA suspicious. Anyways, I'm not going to dig too deep because some some things are, are just meant to remain hidden. But this story, I'm sure, would make for a great movie. Can you imagine? And moving on, writer of the week is the shit talker. I love the authenticity. I love the honesty when one can shit talk and do it to your face. 5,000 plus rides. I finally got one. If there's one thing I love to do, folks, it's shit talk and poke fun. There's nothing more that says I want to be friends more than being comfortable enough to talk trash in an endearing way. There's nothing more honest or authentic. This week's top writer was joking on my glorious, impressive, basic edition of the 2014 Honda Insight. Basically, he was asking at his friend's disapproval because he was in the backseat. His friend was in the backseat, and his friend actually ordered the ride. And they were a little bit tipsy because they were drinking, but still, that's perfectly fine because they were uh, talking shit in an endearing way. Basically, he was asking, at his friend's disapproval, why in the world would anyone want to own such an inferior vehicle such as yours? And I told him, 100% because of ownership costs and dependability. That's what Honda provides. Great ownership costs and dependability. Okay? Low maintenance costs, you can't beat that. No other car company has such a great record than Honda. No other car in the rideshare industry can compare. Oil changes. All you got to do is change the oil. That's why it's what Honda's known for. All you got to do is change all you got to do is change the oil on time. And you're good. He wasn't buying it though. He wasn't buying it and the conversation shifted to blind allegiance and patriotism. And I'm per- perfectly fine with that being a veteran. My like, dude yeah, he's, yeah it's, it's crazy. I know it went from car to patriotism. He's like, no, I don't believe in blind patriotism. Granted, he was drunk, and I think I may be getting there too. But I was like, dude, hell yeah, man. Just be yourself. You know, I don't believe in something blindly either. So he's talking about that, and that's pretty cool. Um, to be honest, I really wish more people were comfortable enough to share their thoughts I really do not like passing people or people who enjoy echo chambers. I love it when people disagree with me and have their own opinion. It's wonderful. I truly enjoy when a customer can open up and spark dialogue. Okay? All right. That was my favorite customer. Next. We're going to get into the product of the week, which I selected as the Osium Air Sanitizer. If you're like me, the interior of your car has had its daily exposure from swamp ass to a bag of onions. Smells that linger. Okay? These smells stay in your car. They linger. Linger. Strong smells, which could put your rating and reputation in jeopardy. Think about it. It's a shared ride. 
somebody carries a bag of onions from a Trader Joe's, puts it in your trunk. Nobody sees it. Other riders come in, and the first thing they think about is, boy, it smells like a bag of onions in here. Somebody or the driver probably did not put any deodorant on. Also, swamp ass riders come and go with swamp ass, and you really need to put down your windows between rides. If you don't get that opportunity, the rider replaces another rider. You don't, you don't have that opportunity to switch, to put down the window, or to spray something. Uh, the, the, uh, the smell falls on you. Sorry. So, yeah, yeah, strong smells. These strong smells could put your rating and reputation in jeopardy. However, there are products out there that can help, but only one that can handle the daily demand for odor control. Smoke, odors, and airborne bacteria don't stand a chance with the lineup from Ozium. Ozium's lineup of spray and gel can keep your vehicle smelling fresh even during those non-stop pulls and shared requests by chain smokers, exotic food handlers, and sweaty bald gym rats. I recommend using these guys. I use them. I spray my car every night. I have the gel packets under my seat. Car smells fresh. People hand out five-star ratings because it smells great. Their products are sold everywhere. Look, folks. Their products are sold everywhere. Car products are sold. But I usually just go to the section brace yourself don't get butt hurt i'm not judging anybody but it's the smell dummy it's the smell that's what this whole podcast is about it's the smell all right customer service it's the smell whether it's in the elevator or a rideshare vehicle odors are a common daily problem that people deal with as a rideshare driver There are a few ways you can handle it, okay? Remember, the little trees are not the most popular way to handle little odors unless it's your personal car. Used for non-ride sharing, then I highly advise against it. Absence of scent source enhances, okay? I need you to listen to this. This is what it's about. Here's where the tip is. Absence of scent source, okay? enhances the rider's experience and appreciation. But be ready to talk about it, right? Um, Have your scent source out of sight. Just have your basic car set up. Um, But be ready for that question. Oh, this car smells wonderful. What are you using? And that's when you break it out. Bam! This is what I'm using. Don't tell everybody it's my secret. Let them know. Uh, make them swear to not say anything if they like the scent, which happens most of the time to me. Um, Yeah, be ready to talk about it. Uh, You can't be saying, oh, it's my secret. Um, It's 
none of your business. You know, don't be using that for fun. All right, I highly recommend that all of your foo-foo and new car smells come from natural sources. Organic, think organic, folks. You can't go wrong with the natural shit, especially if you can clearly state a popular or natural organic brand like Miss Myers or some shit like that. I use Miss Myers. This brand has an impressive assortment of pleasing scents. They're natural. They have a decent odor resilience between sprays, right? They have a great scent um, life. I've been using them for over two years, 5,000 plus rides and growing. Um, and yet, I still have to get a, a dissatisfied customer. Finally, I would I would also recommend keeping those scents seasonal. Like I've mentioned before, keep it, keep it seasonal. All right, get to what we're talking about. Um, cinnamon in the fall or uh, for flowers in the spring, um, fruits in the summer. Flowers also work in the summer. Um, and uh, fruits and herbs and that type of thing in the winter and fall. Okay? <sighs> keep it fresh, keep it organic, and keep it out of sight. And with that, that brings me to the end of this Episode 2, we made it, you made it, it's the end of the week, it's Saturday, well, for some, it's Saturday, um, thanks for listening, stay out there and drive safe, and until next time, enjoy the ride.